Hello, and welcome to the Riverdale Recap Podcast. Today, we're going through the second episode of Riverdale Season 3, Fortune in Men's Eyes. I'm Mary Kukowski, and I'm joined, as always, by Kirsten McKinnis. Kirsten, how are you doing today? I am doing great. I feel like we just watched the most ridiculous hour of television yet. Uh, it's, I feel like it's like Big Brother every week. Like, this is the most important veto of the summer. Every episode is going to be the craziest episode. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm really starting to wonder if some of the plot lines we're getting here are going to be full season things. If this whole season is going to be about the Gargoyle King and Archie in prison. Or if this is going to be like, you know, the first 10 episodes and then we're going to do something completely different. And it could go either way. Like, literally, we have no way of knowing what they're going to do. I'm looking forward to finding out what it's going to be. I kind of hope that we don't spend the entire season on some of this stuff because I'm already a little bit exhausted. And especially with the stuff we got at the end of this episode, which we can talk about later. Um, But I think I'm starting to see where this flashback parent episode might go. Yeah, we might have a small hint of why that would be included in this show. So I was really hoping it would just be like the parents at prom or something fun. But yeah, or like probably when, not. Like when Gossip Girl did like the random one and it was just like Serena's mom in California and it was like, what's happening? I don't understand. That's what I would rather have. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that reminds me of did you watch Gilmore Girls? Of course I watched Gilmore Okay, Girls. just just Come checking. Come on. The the random episode where Jess goes to California because they were going to do a spin-off show and it was supposed to be the pilot and then they realized, "Oh wait, Jess is really boring by himself. <laughs> this is a terrible idea." Oh man, the Jess's dad storyline. Yikes. Yikes. Heavy stuff. <laughs> that didn't that didn't go anywhere. But anyway, this episode which I am still struggling to figure out how to pronounce the title because Fortune, 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 I don't know. Fortune? 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 Yeah. I just, when I read it, I say Fortune and Men's Eyes. I don't know why, because that's not an accent I use in any other life, but I guess that's what I'm going with. I think that's what they want from you. Yes. (laughs) So I was trying to figure out if this episode title followed the trend we've gotten so far for the first two seasons of being either murder mystery movies or books or detective kind of novels, that type of thing is what so far all of the titles have been. And this one, while they do mention that it comes from a Shakespeare quote, which we actually get in this episode, the title is also the name of a 1967 play and 1971 film written by John Herbert about a young man's experience in prison. So... Actually, oh, wow, it's topical. So, so fitting. Exactly. Sometimes they're a little bit of a stretch, but this one seemed to go pretty well. The play and film that this is based on actually says that it explores themes of homosexuality and sexual slavery. Hope that's not where we're going, but... I think it might know. be where we're going, though. Apparently, Archie is just going to Hot Boys Prison because everybody there... I, I feel like Joaquin even got hotter now that he's in prison. It's yeah, it's like when people get island hot on Survivor, everyone's prison hot. Um, the other thing too is I feel like this prison is a lot more intense than what I would have assumed a juvenile detention center would be. It's like the most ridiculous episode of Scared Straight I've ever seen in my entire life. There are a lot of different representations of juvenile detention centers on TV because sometimes they seem like they're more or less schools that are kind of, you know, a bunch of people live at that are kind of sad. Um, And sometimes they're more like, this is straight up jail. We kind of got a weird combo of both with, hey, have fun in the music room. And then also the very, you know, locked up jail cell style bedrooms. Yeah, it's like a super max, but you can go play the piano if you want. (laughs) Exactly. So we can jump in to all of that. The first scene, which is just great, beautiful voiceover by Jughead while Archie is getting... (laughs) (laughs) like hose down and then i don't know if this was supposed to be baby powder yeah like soap was it to dry (laughs) off like i don't understand and what did they shoot it at him with like this is like a t-shirt cannon full of (laughs) i don't know flour baby powder dry shampoo something like that (laughs) or was it like de-lousing i don't (laughs) Like, I don't understand why they're just shooting it right in his face. Yeah, they want to make sure they get rid of all the lice before they come into prison, because can't have that. 
that scene I thought was great. I also paused to check the uh, the lineup of which we had two randos, one ghoulie, a serpent, and Archie. And I really liked the fact that the serpent here was wearing a jean jacket vest with just like a serpent patch on it. It wasn't like your normal serpent jacket. I really enjoyed that too. Yeah, he's like an amateur serpent. Like he's not quite there yet. Like that's what Archie will get when he gets out, you know? Right, right. It's baby steps. Baby steps on your way up to the full on leather jacket. I like that version of the the summertime serpent look though since everyone else apparently has just decided that it's okay to sweat a lot. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like Jughead should have been wearing that vest in the last episode when he's walking through camp. It would have added something. I would have appreciated it. I would have. Archie is immediately told, hey, I hear you like music. Feel free to use the music room, which seemed really out of place. (laughs) What was really out of place is that there's, as you said, like six people have just gotten there and then they're like warden wants to see you what well and based on the end of the episode where we see that Hiram shows up and he has a some sort of in with the warden I don't know if this was supposed to be lulling us into a false sense of security maybe we're supposed to think oh this warden's gonna be fine at the beginning and then he's not or if this was literally just to set up a place where Archie could get attacked later also a possibility. Yeah, and the warden was just a level 100 creepo from the first moment he was on screen. Something about his little tiny glasses bothered me. Just everything about him. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, like, I'm bored. Get out of here. So also the name of this uh, sen- juvenile detention center is Leopold and Loeb, I think, which... I don't know if there is some sort of Archie comic significance for why this might be the name, but it is the name of two wealthy students from the University of Chicago who, back in the 1920s, kidnapped and murdered a 14-year-old boy. So I'm not sure why you would name a place after murderers. It seems a little bit odd. It's like this is the most iconic murder duo to stay here. They're getting the name. (laughs) Very possible. You would think that they would want to name it after the people who caught these guys or something, but... Well, no, that's the whole thing with, like, serial killers where everybody remembers, like, the murderer, but no one remembers the victim's names or anything like that, right? Um, Also, is that a context clue? Is Riverdale very close to Chicago? I am deciding to interpret it that way, (laughs) so... We don't know, yeah, since we don't know where Riverdale is, but we did get the whole thing about fred going to chicago that one time because that's where mary mary andrews is Ooh, there is a character named mary forgot about her where's kirsten (laughs) yeah no kirsten's yet but i'm sure when kirsten pops up her name is gonna be like kirsten camilla but i go by kitty oh how dare you and and also it'll be kirsten so it's fine you're right you're right or kristen we might have to count that no (laughs) we don't count that (laughs) yeah so what do you think of mad dog so it's interesting to me that mad dog is really into 1950s pinup girls <laughs> yeah. since there's like 17 or 18 posters of pinup girls in his cell i swear to god i didn't realize that anyone could have a chin-up bar in jail like i just i Anyways. Or a TV player or a record player. Well, and I guess it all makes sense with how, you know, it ends with Archie. But I was very confused as to why Archie kept talking to him. Like, you're being ignored. You're, it's your first day in prison. Like, what are you... What? Are, hey, God, we're going to be roommates. Like, we got to get along. Well, we. this was Archie's whole arc of the episode was basically, I'm going to make prison a good place and i'm going to okay the only issue that i have with this setup is that shows like this they tend to almost hint at the fact that we know archie is in jail for unjust reasons and so we're supposed to assume everyone else is or you 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 don't get a sense that these guys here are also like evil like actual you know criminals Archie seems to be treating them like oh we're all just pals you know if we weren't here we'd be playing football and I loved the smackdown of the one guy being like yeah no I would be dealing drugs because that's why I got here not everyone's life is as peachy keen as yours but Kate can we also that guy said he dropped out of school in the fourth grade and I 
how did he fall through the cracks? <laughs> Fourth grade is what, like seven, eight years old? No, it has to be yeah, that's like that. nine years old at nine the years top. Old? Which, yeah. by the way, was only six years ago for these people. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of myself. And that, you know, fourth grade seems so long ago. But I guess when you're when you're only in what are they supposed to be junior year? Yeah, not that not that long ago. So, um, I also really liked how Archie just assumes he gets to go in and get you know protection, and Joaquin's just like, "Okay, go shiv that guy." <laughs> yeah. Also, did you get a look at what that weapon was? It looked like a spoon that he had maybe filed down. Or something. I just assumed it was a toothbrush because that's what I know from media and, and movies oh, and TV. Also possible. But it was probably one of those two things. Yeah. And I love the, oh, don't worry about the guards. We've paid them. Paid them off with what? What, money? what do you have here? Is that what you're doing with all of Archie's shoes? You're just paying them to the guards? <laughs> yeah. Also, why is Archie coming with brand new sneakers to prison? Archie doesn't know. He came with a bow tie and a full on because they took him straight from the yeah, court. I have so many questions and concerns. I don't understand. Oh, but this, okay, this whole paying off the guards thing. This reminds me, if you follow our revenge podcast, <laughs> we were just talking about an episode where they were saying that that uh, the main characters in that show paid off the guards, bribed the guards with pudding cups to get tequila or something they were getting i don't remember alcohol of some kind and that we had this same discussion of like why are guards accepting anything from children who are in jail they could clearly just go get this stuff they nothing that these serpents in prison could be paying them could be worth whatever they're doing here unless they just don't care Uh, yeah unless they're just like you know what we need money so i'll take anything (laughs) and as we've seen this prison does not seem to have the best uh security systems it's not really on the up and up there's a yeah there's a lot wrong with it (laughs) like a lot i'm kind of sad we didn't get a name like shank shaw which is the name of the the actual (laughs) prison (laughs) yeah that would have been that would have been so good i wish that we'd gotten you know a giant poster the tunnel behind it (laughs) you know what honestly that could be coming (laughs) so did you get a well, Archie, okay, Archie tries to do, do his whole, nah, look, I'm a, I'm a serpent, we'll be fine thing, and exactly like we said, the serpents just don't buy that. They, they, they can tell that it's fresh ink, and of course, Joaquin is there, and he knows Archie and knows that he wasn't a serpent. So, did you catch what Joaquin was in for? I wasn't really paying attention. Was he just eventually tracked down for the whole Jason thing? Um, he said that he was arrested during the riots. Oh, right. But I don't know what for. Just, I guess, participating in a riot. That's probably illegal. Hey, yeah, that's definitely illegal. (laughs) Riot night. You're right. I love how the riots were such a big thing in Riverdale that everyone just can say the riots and they know what they're talking about. What if somebody wasn't there, wasn't at the riot? Someone was on a day trip to Chicago. They have absolutely no idea what's going on. Or just at home watching TV. They decided to skip that. Didn't really know it went down. You know what? I'm not into riots. I'm going to stay home. (laughs) Yeah. And then finally, the terrible, terrible drag race plot comes up again with the ghoulies being like, hey, remember how you called the cops? We've been in, you know, we're on a life sentence or whatever now because of that one time we drag race. Yeah, it seems a little much. (laughs) Why are they in prison longer for drag racing than Archie is supposed to be for manslaughter? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't understand. I don't know. That that doesn't make any sense either. There's there's a lot that you just kind of have to accept with the uh, court system here. So Veronica visits, I didn't count, but I'm going to guess it was like four or five times throughout this episode. And I've got to imagine this episode spanned maximum a week. So I guess Veronica's doing exactly what she said she was. She was going to be taking the prison widow bus every day <laughs> and seeing him. No cupcakes, though. Do you get visiting hours every single day? I don't... It just doesn't make sense. And why isn't she in school? I don't think you get just handed a guitar either, but we're rolling with it. Okay. It's a fair point. I just... I I have trouble reconciling the prison that shoots white powder at you with the prison that gives you a guitar and endless visitation. I don't know. And where's his dad? Um, not visiting. Why didn't his family visit him? Well, we got a tiny little hint in the Veronica plotline 
which I guess we can mention now where what Fred might be up to. Apparently, this just great weird mix of people, but the sheriff or ex-sheriff, again, I don't think he's, are we, he's not the sheriff right now because Sheriff Mineta is the sheriff. So yeah. I'm not sure what Mr. Keller is doing. I think we, but, he's still <laughs> Sheriff Keller to me. Yeah, Sheriff Keller. Sheriff Keller and Fred and FP are apparently going to be tracking down some thugs who oh, gave right. testimony against Archie. And so I'm assuming these are the same people who also broke into the house with Cassidy because they said they're from Shadow Lake. And so they're camping out somewhere or something. And so apparently that is what the adults are going to be up to. We didn't get any more of that besides just mentioning it. And so they're going to go hunt them down, I assume, to try and get the truth to get Archie out of jail or beat them up and or both, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Well, do you think, okay, do you think this is going to be a plot line that we just hear about where it's going to be like, they pull in the three guys and take them to jail or catch them on something and that's the next time we hear about it? Or do you think we're actually going to see them going to hunt them down? I don't think we'll see like the full experience of them hunting them down, but I'm sure we'll get a couple of little check-in moments of, oh, this is where they are, by the way. I don't I don't even see how this is going to benefit anything. I mean, the most they could do would be to tell them, hey, I need you to go testify again, but this time say that Archie didn't kill him. I, I don't know what they're really going to... Unless, unless their plan is literally just to go beat up some kids. Which, which I guess is possible. It adds up in Riverdale, to be <laughs> honest. Well, And I'm just so confused how... I don't think an Innocence Project or people changing their testimony like I don't know how much that would really do when someone pled guilty yeah the pleading guilty thing is definitely not working in Archie's favor like it's a problem yeah I'm assuming that this whole thing is going to end either by I mean I don't I don't think Hiram's gonna like admit to it I think Hiram I think the most we could expect would be that Veronica is somehow going to convince Hiram to create some new evidence that basically shows that Archie didn't do it for whatever reason. They're going to have some discussion. She'll pretend to be daddy's little girl again or something. She's going to get him back on her side and they're going to convince the court that Archie didn't actually do it. It's either that or they're going to find some evidence that Andre killed Cassidy. Those are really the only two options of how we're going to get Archie out of prison. Yeah, I can't see any other way. Or, you know, the Innocence Project is going to get that evidence. Yeah, I guess. And I have only recently discovered what an Innocence Project is because I have just listened to Serial for the first time ever. <laughs> did you finish? So I did. I finished oh the the season one of Serial. And I, I'm i not going to get into it just in case we have one listener maybe who, who hasn't listened to Serial yet. I would boycotted Serial. I will fully admit this. I boycotted Serial for years. Or not like actively, but I didn't listen to it because I thought it was too mainstream and everyone else was listening to it and it couldn't really be that good. No, it's amazing. Please go listen to it. Just season one. Do not listen to season two. <laughs> yeah, I just listened to season one. I really enjoyed the... I mean... I don't know if enjoyed is the right word, but I was hooked. It's a it's a page turner of a podcast. It's gripping. It, gripping. There we go. That's the correct terminology. Yeah, I mean, you did fine. <laughs> so really the only other stuff that happens with Archie besides him getting beaten up, there's a whole thing with Mad Dog about, I, again, this show with its immediate turnarounds yeah. of, of things, the Mad Dog saying, you're, you're an animal. Gee, I wonder if that's where the name Mad Dog came from. So you need to act like an animal. And then Archie immediately goes to all of the other prisoners or whatever and tells them, hey, we're not we're not animals. They're treating us like animals. Uh, I love the pep talk. I love a pep talk. And I also like he's like, let's play football. Let's just set it all aside. None of you are hardened criminals. We can just play a, a good old game of football and everything will be better excuse me, these people have probably tried to kill each other several times. They're paying off guards to shiv each other. Like, <laughs> And I didn't see this scene going well. I assumed that somebody was going to, like I assumed Joaquin would, would pull out his weapon at some point and hurt somebody and it would turn into a big fight. I didn't see it going the way it went with the c- cops. I don't know. I, th- these people who came in, were they part of the prison staff or these outside I mean, they were in riot gear, so they could have, I assume they were prison guards. Yeah. I mean, getting into this whole riot deal, 
first off, how many riots does Riverdale need? Okay, well, but no, the- first of all, it was not a riot until <laughs> yeah. the riot police showed well, up. And that's the that's my biggest issue is the fact that we've got, you know, 10 odd cheerleaders here who are witnessing exactly what is happening. They're witnessing this police brutality against a bunch of, you know, kids who are playing football. They know it's not a riot. I mean, all it would have taken was one of them whipping out a cell phone and filming the thing to prove that this is clearly... I guess, okay, that's another way Archie could potentially get out of prison, is just by, like, the prison being so corrupt that he gets out for whatever reason. Um, Yeah, something along those lines could happen, too. Also... How are the cheerleaders able to get so close to the fence? Why how, Why did it take them so long to sing that song? It seemed like the whole football <laughs> game fit into it, but then it also seemed like it was happening in real time. Yeah, it was very confusing. I love how this show constantly does the, like, song is happening, and then after a few seconds of whatever the, the event is, you know, football game, whatever, that starts going downhill... It takes a few seconds for the cheerleaders to, like, recognize it and stop singing and dancing. And they're like, ooh, what happened? I'm like, there are people storming this field. You would have stopped singing immediately. It wouldn't trail off all of a sudden like that. Yeah, it's like there's a swarm of 100 people in riot gear. You're you're not going to be singing at Jailhouse Rock anymore. I liked their rendition, though. It was pretty good. Yeah, I, I was not opposed to it. Archie gets beat up, and he also throws a couple punches, which I don't really blame him, but I feel like that's going to be used against him soon again. No, I do blame him. Like, these people have shields and batons. You think you can beat them with your, just your two fists? Just lay down, cover your head, go limp. Yeah. What are you doing? Um, One thing that we didn't address is Archie's new sneakers, which are the Riverdale high colors. Yes. Um, and why did Veronica think it was a good idea to get him even flashier shoes after his first shoes were clearly stolen? Because couples in this show are not open and upfront with each other. He should have just said, my shoes got stolen. Oh, well, I'll survive. Or if you want to get me some new ones, make sure they look old and beat up and they blend in. So no one would want to take them. But instead, he just said, oh, yeah, they were they were taken when I when I got brought in. They were taken with the rest of my clothes. So she was trying to do a nice thing because she doesn't understand prison. And neither does Archie because he tried to start a football game. Anyway, you know who does understand, though? Mad Dog. (laughs) Mad Dog gets it. So he was tapped. And then at the end of the episode, Archie was tapped. Yeah. Which I think basically just means that he's now the sheriff's, or not the sheriff, the warden's new pet. Yes, so the implication I'm getting is that the warden is a pedophile. Oh, because they're they're children. So you're right. He's a pedophile. He also did seem to be like checking out Archie several times during this episode. It was those little glasses. Yeah, I didn't look at He's so creepy. Um, and so I assume that he is now going to be expecting some sort of sexual favors from Archie uh, in exchange for maybe Archie will get a TV player and posters that he wants and other such things. And I am horrified at this so- turn of events. Were were you under the impression that Mad Dog was turning 18 soon or something and that's why he was going to be transferred to actual prison? Didn't he say that? Wasn't he like, yeah, the minute He just I- said, in a month I'm going to be transferred. So okay, well sure. then, yeah, I assume it's because he was turning 18. But then okay. they said that Mad Dog died in the riot. Now, Mad Dog wasn't there. So right. where did he go? Was he murdered by the warden? Did the warden help him escape and help him fake his own death? Will Archie get to fake his own death to escape later? Like, what happened to Mad Dog? So I see a couple possibilities. If your sex trafficking idea is true, then maybe he is having his death faked so that he can stay on somewhere hidden and be working with the warden. So that's not great. Yeah, I hate that. Or he actually is just being transferred to prison soon and they have him held somewhere else and the reason they're telling Archie that he died is to make Archie feel worse. That's also possible. Uh, Or the option you said, which is that he, this is actually some sort of escape or underground something else that we don't know yet. I don't like any of it. I honestly, this is not something I needed Riverdale to incorporate. 
It does fit the title of the episode a lot more now, though, now that we have gotten into yeah, that theory. It does. Uh, yeah, not not great, but definitely not the direction I thought. I really, I really did believe that this whole juvenile detention center plot was going to be wrapped up fairly quickly, and I'm not sure now how we're going to wrap it up in only a couple episodes. But yeah, it seems I'm like it's going to be do. a longer term thing, and I just. Well, okay, much like we had the whole Kevin and Moose, you know, virginity yeah. plot with uh, with the Halloween deadline, Veronica mentioned in this episode that she wanted Archie to be there for homecoming with her. So do we think that that is a possible deadline the show threw in there? Or do we think that was more wishful thinking on Veronica's part? It could be either. Now, forgive me, I'm an ignorant Canadian. We don't have homecoming here. So I don't know when that is. <laughs> so homecoming is both a football game and usually a dance. It's sort of like, do you guys have prom? Is that um, thing some places have prom, some places don't. I did not have a prom, but I know okay. what it is. So typically in most high schools, homecoming is the fall dance that usually happens sometime probably around early October, mid mid-October maybe, that is a football game and then a dance, like football game, maybe Friday, homecoming dance Saturday, or maybe they're a week apart or so. And it's kind of like, it's supposed to be when all of the people who have graduated but live in the town still like come back and watch the football game. So a lot of alumni and adults and stuff like that, that rarely ever happens. Usually it's more of just sort of a celebration. Then you have your football game and then you have your dance, which is usually like more casual than a prom. Or more trashy, depending on your school, but my school was definitely the less classy version, whereas prom was, like, just for upperclassmen, and you needed a date, and it was expensive. Homecoming was, like, ten bucks, and you wear a short dress. I'm not gonna lie, that creeps me out. America's weird. (laughs) Sorry, guys. It's just fun. It's just a fun (laughs) event. I think sometimes colleges even have technically, like, a homecoming game. They don't usually have homecoming dances as much. Since I wasn't super into football, if someone just told me homecoming, I'm going to assume they mean the dance and not the game. So I'm not sure which one Veronica was referencing here, but since they usually happen at the same time, not sure. I think this is what's confusing about Riverdale is that the first episode of season one was a back to school dance. That was, I guess, the first week of school. That looked very much like homecoming. Like it's usually in the gym or the cafeteria and, you know, it's kind of basic and set up by the school. But I think they also had a homecoming dance later on in the season because that's when Jughead ran away because he and like FP got oh, arrested yeah. and they were a little more dressed up. I don't know why they had two dances. Seemed excessive. I think they just needed a reason for Betty to ask out Archie. But generally, it's just the homecoming dance. Okay. I, you know, I feel like I understand America more now. This is a real <laughs> role reversal. Yes. And for all of you Canadians listening, that was just for you there. <laughs> But I'm sure they have homecoming other places besides America. I actually have no clue. Just you know what? I really don't think they do. <laughs> but maybe. Not. I could be wrong. Well, I guess we have decided that Riverdale is definitely set in America. It, it is America, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Veronica's plotline this episode yeah. pretty much follows Archie's. Besides her popping in to see him, really all – everything else she does is – occasionally hang out at Pops, although she, even though she does a lot of work there, she makes it very well known that she owns Pops. Yeah. She doesn't work there, but she's going to dress up and wear the uniform and occasionally serve people anyway. And Kate, it's a horrible uniform. It looked better on her mom than it did on her. Yeah, that's for sure. it really did. Ugh. I'm um, sad we haven't seen Pop. Like, we saw some random other lady there and Veronica, but we haven't seen Pop at all. Yeah. Where's Pop. Maybe he's working on the, uh, this, the oh, this, underground the speakeasy. speakeasy. Were you excited really, they mentioned I was, it? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was really hoping that plot line was going to be brought back up because I want FP to work there. We need to get some of these parents' jobs. That's all I care about at this moment. Besides Mayor McCoy, who has managed to become Lawyer McCoy for literally everybody, we, we haven't had any of the other parents do anything. Haven't seen Fred work. Haven't seen Alice work. I assume she runs the register, even though... Hiram owns the register? I don't know. 
okay, here's the problem with any of the adults working in the speakeasy is I assume they're going to be serving liquor to underage people. And that's then they're FP's going the only to, option. Yeah, but FP's going to go back to jail for serving minors. Look, I'm not sure how this is going to rectify <laughs> that, itself, but... That's the next plot point is um, Hiram is going to get a a sting on this underground speakeasy and then all of the kids will go to juvie. Oh my gosh. It's okay. If all the kids are in juvie, then the whole whole gang will be there and it'll be fine. Well, actually, so have you read any Riverdale fan fiction? I have not read any Riverdale fan fiction. Great. Well, now we're going to enter fan fiction corner. Ooh. No, it's a small segment, but my main thing that I was going to say is that in Riverdale fan fiction, for whatever reason, Tony Topaz is always the bartender at uh, the White Worm. Kids serving kids, parents serving kids, not sure which one is better, but that seems to be a thing. Kind of curious to see if we're going to get any of that action. I'm also curious to see if we ever see the worm again, now that... Hiram owns it. No, it's going to get plowed down for that Supermax, which is probably going to look exactly like Leopold and Loeb. Yeah. (laughs) Good times. Good time. More prison plot lines. Maybe this whole prison thing is supposed to show us, like, make us hate Hiram even more because clearly this is the type of prison that he's going to want to build and run and it's going to be also corrupt and terrible. Yeah, that, that adds up. And then it'll probably have the same warden because probably Hiram's in good with this guy. So, yeah. What's his name? So, the warden's name? Oh, Norton. Yeah, it's Warden Norton. Norton. <laughs> warden Norton. Warden oh. Norton. Okay. Is he gonna like install an antivirus software on your computer without <laughs> your consent? Like, <laughs> oh, that would is that what happened when you download Adobe for free? <laughs> That's what happens when you read too much fan fiction. Veronica gets mad at Cheryl for a hot second because Cheryl is stepping in as the president. Apparently there doesn't need to be a re- an election. Cheryl wasn't even running. Why isn't this going to Reggie or to Josie or to Ethel or oh, there should certainly be like a runoff election or whatever that would be called. Words are really hard today. But yeah, they should do, they should do another election, a by-election. By-election is what I was looking for. Well, this is why people run together except every single couple that was running together broke off and only Archie versus Ethel were the only two people running at the end of the thing last season. Whatever. I've already forgotten and cared about. Yeah, the, I, have, uh, I haven't cared about line. that election in a long nope. time. Whatever. I trust Cheryl. I think she's doing a good job. I, I like her bite, which is uh, something that I think Veronica needs thrown at her occasionally. Because if it was just Veronica getting her way all the time, I think that would be hard to Oh, she would be horrendous. She would be so difficult to deal with. The only thing that makes her tolerable is that she's for some reason not the spoiled little rich girl while also being the spoiled little rich girl. So she, yeah, Cheryl basically ends the argument with her by saying, hey, go start an Innocence Project chapter here, which Veronica does, Because her mom's the mayor, and I guess she has... I I don't know how Hiram is okay with this. The most that Hermione could say is like, well, because it was just a citizen who wanted to start this. Do you need to have different chapters of an Innocence Project? Or could they have just gone to an Innocence Project that is already established and been like, here's this case. You guys know what to do. That would have probably been better because, let's face it, some combination of Veronica, Betty, and Jughead are going to be the ones who find this. Yeah, that's the entire Innocence Project, and they don't know how to do it because they're not lawyers. Yeah. What do you feel about this show really separating a lot of its characters? Like, we haven't, we didn't have any scenes with Veronica and Betty and Jughead. The only person she contacted, you know, was in contact with besides her parents were uh, Archie and Cheryl this episode and the other River Vixens. Betty, I guess, is just not a cheerleader anymore because she wasn't there. She quit. Um, Well, and Reggie went with her to the prison that one time, too. (laughs) Yeah, Reggie. He was there just, like, a couple times during this episode. He was like, yeah, here's these sneakers, bro. I had to carry them. They're too heavy for Veronica. Yeah, I mean, he's now just, like, the sidekick person because that probably would have been Kevin, except Kevin has his own plot line now, so... So were what were these actors like filming other projects and they just didn't have a schedule that lined up? Is that what happened? Or do you think that they're like purposefully keeping them separate? 
I don't know if they're purposefully, I mean, it probably makes it easier film-wise. I'm hoping that we get at least a little bit of them coming back together because it's really hard to buy that Betty and Veronica are friends when we never see them together. It's kind of shocking to think that Betty and Jughead don't care to visit Archie at all. You would think that they would be doing that. Well, and he has unlimited visiting hours, so... (laughs) So they could definitely swing by. Everybody should be swinging by. Like, I'm really bothered that Fred never went, that Mary never went, that Betty and Jughead never went, Kevin never went. Isn't Archie supposed to be everybody's, like, golden boy favorite and literally only his girlfriend and Reggie will visit him in prison? You know, it's probably just the sad truth. You go to prison and people stop hanging out as often. That's how you know who your real friends are. I know. It's Veronica and Reggie. Veronica and Reggie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. For some reason, I half expected Reggie to give Archie his uh, letterman's jacket and be like, hey, here. (laughs) This will keep you warm or something. I'm just so glad that we did not have to see Archie wearing a letterman jacket in prison because... you know what? He definitely would have been beaten up. The shoes, he can be like, oh, the winner MVP gets my shoes. Which, who's determining who the MVP is? Is he just assuming it's himself so he gets to keep them? I'm glad we didn't get to see the ending of that. Also, the cheer that went around when he said that. You guys cannot all fit his shoes. And maybe you're gonna, I don't know, trade them or whatever. But I just think there was a little bit too much enthusiasm over that. Well, in real prison... The prisoners trade, you know, like, wine that they made in their toilet. And in juvenile prison, they trade running shoes. It's very pure. Uh, yes. I, I don't know if that was supposed to be a metaphor for something else, but... Uh, and then uh, then we got the whole confrontation with Hiram where he's like, I've got everybody in my pocket. And she understood that, but she's not going to be taken away from her beloved. And the solution is get a fake ID and wear a horrible wig. Yeah, that was a really bad wig. I, uh, they couldn't have done like, I feel like red hair would suit her better. Why is she wearing like a a head scarf as well as the (laughs) bad wig? To cover up how atrocious the wig is. Like, girl, her edges are just terrible. All right, which one's worse, her wig or uh, Betty's fun wig? Veronica's (laughs) is way worse. Like, Betty's is bad, but at least when she puts it on, it's like, she's got like an okay wig line. Yeah. Like, it's like Betty got like a real lace front wig and Veronica went to Party City and spent $35. (laughs) She's like, I want the most Hannah Montana wig you've got. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope so. And then she changed her name to Monica Posh, which seems about right. So, moving on. Veronica Lodge. Yep. Oh, it would have been better if it was something like Monica Motel or something. (laughs) If it had been Harmonica Hotel. Harmonica Hotel. (laughs) Both of those are great. Um, Something B&B. Okay. Um, (laughs) So... So uh, leave your favorite alternative name in the comments. For <laughs> please, please tweet us your favorite alternative Veronica Lodge names. Okay, shall we move on to Betty and Jughead? I guess we have to. I have way more notes on them. I think that they had the more, I don't know, interesting, bizarre, annoying, whatever yeah. plot line. Uh, before we get the Jughead, there's like one scene with Betty and her mom and her sister where Polly is creepy as always, and they are treating her seizure like it was just brought on by stress. They're denying all of the hallucinations that Betty had, or, you know, claiming that she was hallucinating. I don't think it was a hallucination. No, I don't either. I think that's BS. According to self.com, there is a complex relationship between stress and seizures, so we don't need to get into it. So it's not, like, 100% impossible. I think we figured out from this episode the seizures are probably more magical related than anything else. Aren't you so excited that this show is just leaning into the supernatural? No, I'm not. I'm really not. That's the one thing it had going for me. I'm just one of those people who, like, I don't like horror films, but a horror film that's about real stuff. I don't know, like murder, betrayal, or, or you know, um, fire, or something mm-hmm. like that is going to scare me much more and be a lot more meaningful to me than just a, you know, 
like, like a monster a poltergeist or yeah some yeah monster or demons or something like that i mean i know that some people do find those to be really scary because they you know they find them to be really real but for me i'm going to be much more afraid of something that's that i can directly witness in real life as well but do you know what the scariest thing of all is is slender man and i know <laughs> okay, that right. i you're i know right. he was made up on the internet but i'm still scared <laughs> to death of him did you ever play slenderman no <laughs> why would i it's really scary why would i do that <laughs> i was terrible at it i i could only find like one page anyway mm, i would never anything that has slender man in the name i'm like mm, no goodbye so i don't i don't buy betty's family i think they're creepy and weird and who else is creepy and weird is evelyn which please i cannot have an evelyn and an ethel in one season of a show there i'm already confused yeah i don't like she just like now goes to riverdale high i'm like were you homeschooled before are you going to the high school literally just to watch betty because that's super creepy and edgar had a really creepy last name and now i can't remember it i i also forgot it but it's something like ever never yes edgar ever never yes (laughs) not a name okay but I don't know what Evelyn's deal is. It doesn't make any sense that she would just happen to move here and start going to school here just because her family is visiting Betty. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So I guess they moved here. I don't know. Well, no, I don't even think they moved. I think that that's just, like, why she sought Betty out. And then I don't understand why it's such a huge deal that Betty had a seizure. Like, people have seizures every day. Why does it have to be a secret? Well, much like the taking Adderall and the other things in Betty's life. There's a lot of stuff this show treats as super embarrassing or sinister when it's a lot more common than that. It was the kind of the whole thing with um, Chick and his job and being like a a cam guy or whatever. They treat it like, oh my gosh, like cam, you know, filming things online. That is so sketchy. And I know that it wasn't just like making YouTube videos, but it's still, it's, much more common than the show would let on and not necessarily like evil in that way you know yeah he was just trying to make a little money yeah i don't blame him like girls gotta eat okay exactly exactly so betty and jughead spend this whole episode looking into this they keep calling it a murder plot i don't know if i'm gonna really i mean it's i guess more of a suicide brought on by delusion kind of thing i don't know and also i am shook that they killed dilton me too i I really thought the end of that last episode was going to be ben i was absolutely floored r.i.p ben benjamin button as well pour pour one out for dilton and ben also his name is benjamin button can we not just like pause on that for a second which i looked as far as i can tell is not a name from archie comics no, it's just them it's being funny. Benjamin Button is from, it's a movie and it's a short story. Oh, yeah. No, I know Benjamin Button. Yeah. But like, I would have thought Ben Button is such a comic book name as well. Yeah, but Archie um, can't steal from whoever wrote that short yes. story. And while they don't say it in here, I'm still only going to refer to him as Benjamin. I think it's classy. <laughs> Benjamin Button, full naming him. So Ben is in a coma currently, and Jughead and Betty go and investigate the, well, they go to Dr. Curdle, or Dr. Curdle's son. Don't know if this is a plot, don't know if his father really died, don't know if he killed his father. I don't know why we needed to change the actor, because honestly, we didn't get a close enough look that they could have just pretended this was the same guy and I would have bought it. Why do we care what, like, that he thinks this is the pure evil like I feel like that was such an obvious like we are raising the stakes this season and we need him to share it by being like this is nothing like what happened to Jason Blossom this is nothing like anything the Black Hood ever did this is true evil evil." and I was like oh okay cool so I guess this is the manifestation of pure evil all the entire season too with the Black Hood they kept talking about how looking into the Black Hood's eyes it was like there was no one behind it it was pure evil they said that multiple times nope I'm just waiting for season four when, you know. When we get the real face of true evil. (laughs) Because at first they're like, what is true evil? Your your dad killing you. Which, by the way, out of all of these things, I'm still much more afraid of, like, parents 
you know, in a TV show setting, that is much scarier to me than, like, monster guy in the woods, so. Well, but, Kate, there's obviously something here with the parents, and that actually is a really good point, that every single, like, truly bad guy has been someone's parent. So whose parent do we think is going to be the evil one this season? Well, we already know Penelope. I'm I'm thinking there have been a lot of fan theories that the Kellers were evil in some way. So I'm going Sheriff Keller. If I have to pick one of these people, okay, I don't right. want it to be him. But or unless it's going to be Moose's dad, that's why he's been introduced. Oh my god, yes. we just cracked the case wide open. Right. Let's segue real quick into the Kevin and Moose stuff, just because <laughs> it'll take like two seconds to talk about. Because it was two <laughs> seconds on screen. Yeah, I feel so bad. Like, on the one hand, good for them for being kind of promoted to more main cast members and getting their own plot, but their own plot took up 2% of the episode. Was so it sad. even a plot? It was literally just a scene of Kevin joining the R-R-O-T-C, <laughs> yeah. which, I mean, we don't have the R-O-T-C in Canada. We would just have cadets. Um, now, do they have that in high school as well, or is that just, like post yeah no so cadets you can do when you're like a kid up until like the end of high school and then you could join like the reserves or the military i thought kevin looked particularly cute in a little uh the little wedge hat hat. yeah that was very adorable so yeah moose uh his dad is the uh the instructor of the rrotc which i'm assuming has not been around forever but like just started or something except uh moose's dad says that him and kevin's dad were both in the program so maybe they're just reviving it yeah so i think that this program has been there the entire time and i think that they are introducing it purely to have like the don't ask don't tell type of plot line in the in the show so apparently moose is not out of the closet which i don't know if we had guessed that or not i'm yeah i'm pretty sure he's he's been closeted the entire time so I So it's sad. It's a big friggin' downer. It is. I'm really hoping I mean, we've already gotten Kevin's dad being so chill about him being gay, which, you know, is the way that it should be in this show anyway. And I'm really curious to see whether or not we have a situation with Moose's father. It'd be so great if he understands and then, you know, supports it. I'm hoping that's where we're going. Just because we've already had like the Cheryl plot line you know, with her parents being so unsupportive and, you know, like, locking her up and conversion therapy and all this stuff that we don't need to go through again. Um, But it's definitely in the direction we're going. I don't know if it's just, like, he's afraid to tell his dad or if it's more of a, like, his dad is not going to take it well. Yeah, I really hope it's, like, he's afraid to tell his dad because he thinks it's going to go poorly, but then when he ends up actually coming out, his family's super supportive, but I don't know that that's what we're going to get, and I am sad about it. I like that Kevin is joining him, and I'm really hoping it's, like, I'm joining you so that you can still hang out with me and not, like, I'm jealous of your time with these other guys and I'm going to crash it. I don't Oh, think I'm sure it's it the be. first one. I don't think yeah, Kevin think so is, is that kind of guy. But I was I was sad that Moose blew him off to hang out with the other guys at Pops. Yeah, I just want them to be happy. Yes. Um, well, back to the uh, the sad plot line of right. Jughead Betty, and Betty. Betty Jughead I, I like them. I don't know if I care about the whole, like, oh, let's go investigate murder. It's like when we first got together. Okay, that's what you've only, this is all you've done. Have you had any times that weren't investigating murders? Yeah, I am really bored of them. fighting over the serpents? I'm really bored of them solving crimes, to be honest. I would like for them to just, you know, run the school newspaper and go to the swimming hole because it's still probably warm for a couple weeks and <laughs> uh like go no, to it said it and closed. It said it closed after Labor Day. They weren't How allowed does to it close. <laughs> what does it like okay, the, literally the prison has a chain link fence. I think they can get to the freaking like swimming hole. <sighs> I hope so. Um so they basically find out that Dilton's dead. Meh um ben he's in a coma we said that ethel's involved which we get at the beginning by cheryl saying that ethel was muttering about a winged creature following her or something yeah. so 
I, I never really pictured the Gargoyle King as being winged. I mean, I guess it is, but that's just, I wouldn't describe that as a winged creature. I think that wouldn't be like my go-to. Maybe it's just because the stick version doesn't look as good with the wings. Well, it could also be where like they are now fully immersed in this uh, fantasy world and there could be other creatures in, that aren't the Gargoyle King that have wings. So, we've either got magic, brainwashing, the town has a poisoned water supply that's making everyone go crazy. Um, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure this is just the plot of It, and now it's, like, however many years later, and they have to, like, destroy it again. Very possible. So, yeah, I, you know, the episode really just tries to make everyone who is involved in this game seem just completely out of their minds. I was really hoping that we would have someone, maybe the the adventure scout, be a little more like new to it where he he's hesitant about joining or something, but it seemed like everyone is all in. And this is what's confusing is that Dilton apparently was like the leader of this. He was the I'm going to call him the like dungeon master equivalent. I'm not sure. They well, they made some I- they made some name for it, but he was like a dungeon master, but like if he actually participated. Right. But he was the one who was going to Jughead and seemed the most hesitant last episode. Like it seemed like Ben was much more in than Dilton was. Yeah, Dilton was afraid. I was really hoping that we would get some people who seemed more on like the, the afraid, wanting to get out level. But no, Ethel seems full in. Um, She is going to lead them to a bunker which they eventually get into and that is a pretty legit bunker that is like a definitely leftover from the cold war yeah or it's probably leftover from the parents plot line (laughs) oh it all adds up yeah it's like a full-on bunker yeah i thought it was gonna be more like a i don't know like an abandoned trailer or something that they had sort of partially buried i didn't think it was going to be like legit hatch down a ladder metal container underground i thought it was going to be like a tree fort (laughs) or like made of trees like i didn't (laughs) think it would be like a legitimate structure yes so um they find this missing kid in there who he's been in there hiding yeah for a couple days so i'm hoping they had food in there i don't know um i must have had some canned goods yeah, I thought he was, like, rabid at first before they went to the commercial break and then came back and he was not. He just had his face painted. I hope, hopefully they got him back to his parents. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's not in too deep and he can still get out. Uh, also, know. we got a much more clear shot of the gargoyle king thing that yeah. seemed much more alive. This was not just a, you know, made out of sticks sculpture. It seemed real. And it was really scary. And I might have left the room. <laughs> but it wasn't commented on. They're, Betty and Jughead seemed so... Okay, they see this creature that does not look real. Or doesn't, you know, doesn't look human, I guess. And they yeah. even say, oh, I don't think that Ethel could have been, you know, on stilts or something. So they sort of rule out the fact that they don't think it's someone they know. And yet... They don't seem bugged by that, and then they're trying to convince everyone else, oh, it's definitely not anything magical. Like, come on, this is just a game. Like, get out. I just, they're leaning so far into the people being like, it's a game, that I just feel like it has to be real. Yeah, which is unfortunate. And I hate it. Like, there's, I feel like they're doing so many things that I don't like. However, the episode as a whole was a very enjoyable experience, so I guess I can't really complain. Well, I think it also has to do with the... And this is probably also why they didn't have Veronica encounter Betty and Jughead, is that they're so different. Betty and Jughead's took place in dark rooms or at night in the forest, in the bunker, and it was very intense and mythical. And then you have Archie and Veronica in the sunlight outside, prison yard, playing football, talking about school, that kind of stuff. And so... Not, those two worlds don't really seem like they mesh together yet. And I I hope that they do combine it all They've soon. got to. But yeah, at, at this point, it was a kind of jarring episode to keep flashing back and forth between something so real and something so magical. I just had a thought that maybe Mad Dog is dead and he was like sacrificed to the Gargoyle King. 
okay, so that could be a way that we can kind of link everything together. And then, okay, so talking about links, the link here are the parents because we saw the parents in both the Archie plotline a little bit, mostly Hiram and a little bit Hermione. And then in the uh, Betty and Jughead plotline, which, you know, because at first you think Alice and FP are just trying to protect their kids from like breaking the law and getting involved in this murder investigation. And then at the end, we have this just bizarre scene where Hermione, who, even though, I mean, I guess she's the mayor, so that's why they're all sitting there. Hermione is talking with, okay, so both of the lodges are there, FP and Alice are there, who, by the way, in the staging of the scene, look very coupley, just saying, I appreciate it, phallus all the way. <laughs> Penelope, creepy in the background, then we've got Sheriff Keller and uh, Mayor, ex-Mayor McCoy. And this makes me wonder if, was Hal involved? Was Mary Andrews involved? You know, um, uh, who else is dead? Oh, the <laughs> Clifford Blossom. Like, I wonder if they were around at this time, you know, that Hermione's talking about. Or are we is it just convenient that they are dead now and we're out of the picture? Well, and so that, yeah, I'm unsure of. Uh, it's probably, like, magic and they weren't. It's, it's very, <laughs> well, it's very confusing because they've all dated each other and... They, it sounds like I, it, I don't, I'm not under the impression that they were all friends back then. I think besides people sort of dating, I mean, you know, we know that FP and Fred were friends, but I don't know about everyone else, but they all had this experience with the same stuff that's happening now. We don't know if that means they were playing the game. Maybe they were all just went to school with some kids who played the game and died. Most likely they somehow stopped the gargoyle king they stopped the suicide slash murders or whatever and then they're hoping that it goes away i mean what let's think could it be some sort because it can't be like 50 years later at maximum what is this maybe 20 30 years later i don't know i honestly i would say it might even be so young parent wise like it could even be like 15 years later like if it happened when they were like graduating or like i get or like 15 to 20 years later yeah, so I don't know. I guess we'll probably find out soon. It's gonna be some sort of back again, and they need to get rid of it for good. Um, I hope that they do get rid of it, and then I hope they come up with some kind of explanation that's not just magic. But yeah, because magic is not an explanation. Like <laughs> no. that, it just doesn't. Because the help. thing is, if magic is the answer for this, just magic. Then I hope that they shove it away in a little box, they get rid of the Gargoyle King, and it doesn't come up again. Because otherwise, every time something happens, someone gets murdered or whatever, I, we're going to think, well, it could be magic because we know that magic has happened before. Is it like a Buffy-type scenario where they live over a hellmouth? Uh, and that's why so much bad shit happens. Did you not watch Buffy? I did not watch Buffy. Oh, my God. But I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Anyways, this is not a spoiler. The premise of, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is that Sunnydale is over, like, one of the easiest ways to, like, get to hell. It's, like, a hell mouth. So there's, like, that's why there's so many vampires and stuff there. Uh, so, like, it could be a similar type situation where there's, like, a location that has a magical energy of evil that makes the town more evil than it would otherwise be. It definitely could be something like that. I hope it's not. Um, also, watch I, I Buffy really, the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, I'll get to that. So many shows. I I hope that it's not just something out of the blue and crazy, but I guess we'll find out. I don't really have any solutions that it could be that I agree with. But So right now we have two sort of mythical things happening. We have this, and then we have whatever the heck is going on with the farm people that ever never ever never <laughs> right them i don't know if those two are related i would think not because alice seems fully hoping that betty gets involved with that whole thing unless it's just a cult and that's it and then the whole like hallucinating about the fire thing was somehow brought on by the like gargoyle king plotline and that actually doesn't have anything to do with Alice and Polly, and they're telling the truth, and that it was just a hallucination. That's possible, except for freaking Evelyn, who has been around during both conversations about the Gargoyle King and the uh, farm. 
Yeah, I... I have absolutely no idea where they're going with this. I assume that it's like there's some sort of magical energy around the town and it's causing a bunch of this. And then like maybe the people on the farm are the like resistance to the evil energy. They think they're like good. Like maybe the people on the farm are actually not bad people. We just don't understand them. Well, they're. I don't necessarily think they're bad people, but I do think they're a little culty. It's a it's like a little culty, but maybe it's actually a, like the right way or whatever for this situation. Oh, I guess we'll find out. Um, so Ethel has a seizure at the end. Hope she's okay. And I, you know what? I think she's gonna have to be kept overnight for observation, and then she's gonna be just fine. Yeah, I think that's exactly what's gonna happen. She's going to see the error of her ways, and she's gonna be done with the game. Um, and then Ben, uh, jumps slash falls out the window. I mean, he sort of leans backward. He, um, it was like a, it was a purposeful lean. And then we heard a very decisive cr- crashing into a car kind of sound, which happens a lot in these shows. And like, you know, no offense. I mean, okay, it's a TV show. So Ben, I'm not going to just look at this like normal you know suicide which is very terrible but but like what about the car that he injured like you're not injured but you know destroyed like whose car was that i feel bad for them and whose insurance pays for that you know because i don't i don't think ben's parents should i feel bad for them already yeah their premium should not increase due to this it really shouldn't but Um, neither should the car owners no I, I blame the hospital, maybe, for having parking spots right below the windows. That's a really good call. It could... Yeah. It could definitely be that. Is your cat back there? He's, like, really into this cardboard box right now. <laughs> Which, like, same, I guess, but... Um, <laughs> he's being really loud about it, I don't, so I don't know if you can hear the rustling or not, so I apologize. Yes. Well, that's pretty much all I had from this episode. The only other thing is this great little new segment we can throw in here, which I'm going to call Close But No Cigar, which are the names of, of products and or services they have in Riverdale that are like one letter off from things in the real world that I guess they're using not to be sued. Kind of like when they had Glamazon or the Five Seasons Hotel, things like that. So... TGI Thursdays. Oh yes, is the restaurant that Cheryl goes to. I appreciate that. Just about died when she's like, "I'm going to TGI Thursdays," and I like had a moment because we we don't have TGI Fridays in Canada, so <laughs> okay. I was like, "Wait, is that what?" Well, it's you don't have called? you don't have homecoming. You don't have. I don't know what else there was. Something else um, that you don't have in Canada. We have chilies, which <laughs> I don't I don't like, but other people seem to really like. I can't say that I've ever been to a TGI Fridays. But, okay, TGI Fridays makes sense. TGI Thursdays doesn't make sense as a name. So they're... So I have a proposal for this. Okay. Uh, So I like to call Thursday Friday Junior. So you could just call it, thank God it's Friday Junior. (laughs) That also works. Uh, I think that's probably a little too close. Yeah, no, because I'm that, like, horrible person in the office who's like, it's Friday Junior, everyone. We're almost there. Yes. Thank you. Uh, That's all for this week. Thanks for joining us. And we'll be back next week for the recap of episode three. I am choosing not to watch any previews. So we're going to go in blind. Yeah, it's so fun to go in blind. (laughs) Like, I recommend that everyone just go in blind. The only thing I had seen before this episode was a picture of Evelyn, which... And I don't know, maybe this is just me. At first, when I first saw it, I thought was the actress who plays um, Ethel. Yeah. I keep I keep getting them very confused because they're just, like, two little, like, somewhat mousy, confusing girls. Like, they're just, I don't know. Right. They're it. the only people in the show who have sort of shoulder-length brown hair mm-hmm. and they wear kind of similar clothing or similar colors. I feel like there's a lot of browns and oranges in their tones. Yeah, so. I feel like the only thing is, like, Ethel has the more, like, girly, like, bows and lace type right. thing. And that's the, the only distinguishing feature between them for me. Even though they don't really look alike, I, I can't tell them apart. Yeah. So, Evelyn is just knockoff Ethel. Oof. Dollar store Ethel. 
Yes. Or, sorry, Princess Ethelene. Is ethylene like a type of alcohol? That sounds like like a, oh, a science thing. Definitely um it's something like that. Yes. That's organic chemistry. Right. Um not a scientist, but Neither am I. I want to make sure I get the right. Ethylene. Yes. And I don't know how you would spell ethylene. I'm assuming ethyl with e e n on the end. Yeah. But... Well, the uh the chemical compound is spelled E T H Y L E N E is a hydrocarbon. Okay. So it is organic chemistry. Boom. Great. Maybe that'll come back up. Maybe not. Maybe um, it means something. <laughs> do we need its molar mass? Yes, we do. <laughs> no, Let's we don't. Let's just talk Stop. only about that in this episode. <laughs> Tweet us with better names for these characters. Yes. Okay, so everyone is going to tweet us their Veronica Lodge names. Yes. And their what your name would be if you were playing Griffins and Gargoyles. I forgot that's what the game's called. <laughs> it's so bad. I try to forget. Okay, well, until then, you can follow me online at Frail Mary on every platform. And if you're interested, you can check out the other podcast on the Kowski Cask, the Revenge Rewatch podcast. Uh, we haven't put up a new episode in a couple weeks, but we will eventually, I'm sure. My sister, Laura, she's in she's in grad school. She's busy. You can find that at KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. K for Kirsten. Kirsten, yes. where can they find you? And you can find me on literally every platform at Kirsten Said What. I don't right. know how you're here if you don't already follow me, but if you haven't hit that that follow button yet, take the plunge. Take the plunge. <laughs> we rely on Kirsten to bring in our Canadian followers. So we've multiplied the Canadian listenership by four times. Yeah, it's like eight times. It's a lot, oh, actually. Wow. We went from like one to eight listeners. It's one one of them I hope they weren't me. all just you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, just one. Just one. All right. Well, good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. I want the most Hannah Montana wig you've got.